Allah says, وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ And how could you disbelieve? Meaning you have no reason to disbelieve. وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ وَأَنْتُمْ تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ اللَّهِ When firstly, the verses of Allah are recited upon you. And secondly, وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ And amongst you is His Messenger. Whose Messenger? The Messenger of Allah. Meaning, when your situation is such, when your condition is such, that A, you have the Qur'an, and B, you have the Messenger. Then, O Muslims, you have no reason, you have no excuse to go astray. Notice the word kaifa. Kaifa is a question, it's istifham. And a question is asked for different reasons. Over here it's a rhetorical question. And it expresses amazement. It expresses first of all amazement. That amazing. How is it ever possible? It would be amazing. It would be shocking. It would be disturbing. If a person who has heard the Qur'an, seen the messenger, known the sunnah, known the Prophet ﷺ, yet he disbelieves. He turns to kufr. If he does that, amazing. If he does that, very, very surprising. Because if someone is ignorant of Islam, if someone is ignorant of the Qur'an, he has never heard the Qur'an, never seen the messenger, never known of the messenger, if he leaves Islam, turns to kufr, then would you say, okay, understandable? Yeah. But if there is a person who knows the Qur'an, who has seen the messenger, witnessed the messenger, he has heard the Qur'an, if he turns away from Islam, would you be shocked? Is it shocking? Is it surprising? Yes. That someone sees the truth, yet he does not accept it. You know, this is why when we hear about the stories of Abu Jahl, when we hear about the stories of Abu Lahab, then we get so amazed and shocked that how could these people disbelieve? Could they not see the truth? Of course they could. So when they disbelieved, it's shocking. It's very surprising. And secondly, وَكَيْفَ It's a question to express istibad. What does istibad mean? To show the impossibility of this occurring, of this ever occurring. Meaning it is impossible that you would disbelieve. وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ Meaning how can you? It is far from ever happening that you Muslims would do kufr. Why? Because of two reasons. What are they? First of all, وَأَنْتُمْ تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ اللَّهِ While your situation is such that تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ تُتْلَى from تِلَاوَة تَلَامْوَا What is recited on you? The verses of Allah. How often are the verses of Allah recited upon believers? In other words, how often do Muslims hear the recitation of the Qur'an? How often? Daily. Right? If you think about it, if a person is praying in congregation, in salah, then how many times is he listening to the recitation of the Qur'an? Minimum three times. Right? Because in Zuhr and Asr, you don't hear the recitation. Alright? But in Fajr, in Maghrib, in Isha, you hear the recitation. Likewise, if a person is serious, he's active in his religion, then what will happen? Again, he will go to such gatherings where the Qur'an will be recited upon him. And this verse primarily was revealed about who? The Sahaba, the companions. And how often would they hear the Qur'an? Very regularly. In every salah, in every gathering that they had with the Prophet ﷺ, amongst themselves they would sit and they would recite the Qur'an. They would recite the Qur'an to each other. What do we do these days? We play it on our iPods. 
Back then, no iPods, no CDs. What would they do then? They would recite to one another. Likewise, in the Jumu'ah khutbah, they would listen to the Qur'an. So day in and day out, constantly, they would be exposed to the Qur'an. They would hear the Qur'an. And listening to the Qur'an, tell me, does it have an effect on you? Yes. Even if a person does not understand the meaning of the Qur'an, still the recitation will affect his heart. It will definitely affect his heart. Once somebody had come over to my house to fix my dishwasher, always not working. So anyway, uh, they had come over to fix it, and um, my son was home, he was very little at that time, and I had a habit of playing you know, either the Qur'an or some du'as, adhkar, or something or the other constantly. Especially when he was younger, when he would not talk. So I had that on. And I didn't want to turn that off just because somebody was coming in, because I wanted my son to listen. And when that individual came in, he was just shocked. He just stood there. He couldn't move. And then he had to come a couple of times, and then once he said to me that, what is this? What is this? He said, it's just kept on praising it. And he said, it's just divine. Eventually he said that, it's just divine. And I gave him a copy of the audio. And I met that individual because he was in the building. I met that individual after some time and he said that, you know, me and my son, we listen to it regularly. May Allah guide him. But he said, me and my son, we listen to it regularly. And it just, you know, fills me up inside. I don't remember what words exactly he said, but he was affected by the recitation only. Even though he did not understand the meaning. He was moved by the recitation of the Qur'an. So the recitation of the Qur'an, it has an impact on a person. It shakes you. It affects your heart. It's as though the words are reaching your heart. You can feel them in your heart. And imagine when a person knows the meaning, he understands what is being said, then it will have a completely different impact on him. And the Sahaba, the Arabs, the people of the language, they knew, they understood. So, وَأَنْتُمْ تُطْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ The verses of Allah are being recited upon you constantly, day in and day out. And you know what they're saying. And secondly, وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ And among you is also His Messenger. Allah's Messenger is present among you. It doesn't mean that he is always with you, right? Because obviously, even when he was alive, he was not always with the companions. What it means is that he is there. He is a part of your group. He is your leader. وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ It's not possible for a human being to be present everywhere all the time. وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ means he is a part of you. And this is why Hassan bin Sabit, when he said some verses of poetry and praise of the Prophet ﷺ in defense of him, he said, وَفِيْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَتْلُوْ كِتَابَهُ That amongst us is a messenger of Allah who recites his book. Meaning he is part of us. He's not with you, but rather he is part of us. So, وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُ And the Messenger ﷺ was a part of them. How? That they would witness him, they would see him day and night. He would be present in their gatherings. He would go and visit them in their houses. He would go and visit them when they were sick. He would eat with them. He would travel with them. So, he was amongst them. 
So وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُ Amongst you is His messenger who is teaching you, who is guiding you, instructing you, answering your questions, taking care of you. He is a part of you. So the one who is in such a state, can it ever be expected that he would turn to kufr? No. It can never be expected that he would turn to kufr. And if he does, then that's very, very surprising. Then Allah says, وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ And whoever holds on to Allah, يَعْتَصِمْ اِعْتَصَمَ عَيْنْ صَادْمِيمِ Isma is to be saved. And اِعْتَصَمَ is to hold on to someone in order to be saved from evil. To cling to something, to not let go of it. Why? So that you are saved. It's like a person is falling down a cliff and then he holds on to a rope. Why? So that he can be saved from destruction. And if he lets go of that rope, then what's going to happen? He's doomed. He's gone. How will he hold on to that rope? Have you seen that in movies? How do they hold on to the hands of each other or to a rope or to a rock or whatever? How do they hold on? With so much determination. With so much strength. They give it everything of theirs. Even if the fingers are hurting, even if the skin is peeling off, even if you know they're bleeding or they're injured or they're wounded, it doesn't matter. They want to save their lives, so they hold on. Allah says, وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ Whoever holds on to Allah. There are people trying to harm you. There are trials from every corner, from every direction coming towards you. Think about it. You have to fight against so many things in order to remain firm on Islam. First of all, you have to fight against your own nafs. Isn't it so? Then you have to fight against the shaitan. And then, if there are other people also you have to fight against, such a huge challenge. So then, what is the solution? Hold on to Allah. وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ And whoever holds on to Allah, فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Then certainly, He is guided to the straight way. He is guided. Meaning His guidance is guaranteed. But who? The one who relies upon Himself? The one who relies upon His knowledge? The one who thinks, yeah, I've studied the Qur'an, now no one can harm my iman? I will always have strong iman? Yeah? No. In order to remain firm on Iman, on Islam, what is necessary is to hold on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And i'tisam billah, holding on to Allah, includes many things. First of all, it includes tawakkul alayh, relying on Him, trusting Him, handing over your matters to Him, that, O oh Allah, I rely on You alone. No one can protect me but You. Therefore, never feel proud about your knowledge. Never feel proud about the fact that you may be wearing hijab. Never be proud about the fact that you may know the recitation of the Qur'an. No, even if you have memorized the Qur'an, even if you have graduated from the best Islamic university, no one can guarantee the protection of your faith. Only if Allah gives you tawfiq, then you will remain first on iman. Otherwise, there is no way. So first of all, tawakkul alayh, relying upon him. Some people rely upon their spouses. My husband goes for fajr, so that's why I'm fine. You know, when I get married, I want to get married to a person who's very strong in his faith, so that I will also have a very strong faith. And then when they get married, they find out, oh, their husband also sleeps in, and they're like, oh, I thought he had a beard, he'll be very righteous. 
right? Or the man thinks that, oh, the woman wears niqab, so yes, you know, my iman is guaranteed now. No, it's not necessary. Don't rely on individuals. Likewise, don't think it's enough for you to just come and attend class and go away. No. Don't think it's enough that you may be working in an Islamic organization. You may be working on an Islamic project. No, that's not sufficient. These are all means, they help you. But what is the real thing? Relying upon who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, i'tisam billah includes ta'abud lahu, worshipping Allah. Remember, unless and until you worship Allah, you cannot hold on to Him. You cannot hold on to Allah. You cannot have His protection. You cannot have His help unless and until you have a strong connection with Allah. And strong connection with Allah, my dear sisters, you cannot have unless and until you pray salah. You pray more salah. You read Qur'an. You read more Qur'an. You read your adhkar. You make dua and you make more dua. You fast and you fast more. You do dhikr and you do more dhikr. The more you worship Allah, the stronger your bond will be with Him. The stronger your bond will be with Him, the stronger your faith will be. And if the connection with Allah is weak, then even if you have all the knowledge of Islam, even if you have memorized the Qur'an in different qira'at, even if you have the top ijazat, your iman is not guaranteed. Your iman is not guaranteed. What is essential? Connection with your Lord. وَمَنْ يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ Whoever holds on to Allah, فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمِ Then he is guided to the right way. Hudiya. Notice the word hudiya is past tense. What does that mean? That this is done. He is guided. Who? The one who holds on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And notice, hudiya, objective form is mentioned, meaning the subject of the doer of the feral is not mentioned. Hudiya, he is guided. But guided by who? That's not mentioned here. Because there are many ways through which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides a person. First of all, Allah is the one who gives tawfiq. Secondly, Allah guides a person through the book, through individuals, right? For example, He sent the messenger for the guidance of people. The ulama, they also are a means of guiding people. So the one who holds on to Allah, he will find the means to remain guided. The one who holds on to Allah will find the means to remain guided no matter where he is, in what situation, in what country, in what era, it doesn't matter. He will find the way because Allah will provide that to him. Some people think that just because they are going to school, they are in university, and they cannot attend an Islamic class full time, that's it. Their iman cannot be strong. No, your iman can still be strong. Provided that you turn to Allah for that strength. Provided that you continue to have a strong connection with Him, a strong bond with Him. So many people, when they were going through school, when they were going through university, they have done amazing things in their deen. Just recently I read about a sister who had said that when she never made up her missed fasts. Never. And by the time she realized that she had to make up her missed fasts, there were around 50 fasts that she had to make up. And she was in school at that time. 
She said she repented to Allah, made dua to Allah, and she made up her mind that she was going to make up her fasts. She started fasting Monday, Thursday, and then started fasting on the weekends. And then eventually she said she was fasting throughout the week. And by the time checked how many fasts she had made, she said there were well over 60. What do we think? I'm at school, I'm at university, the campus is so big, I have to go from one class to the other, I'm here all day, I don't know when it's Maghrib, when it's Zuhur, when it's Asr, you know, I have a very busy schedule, since I am studying, this is why I'm not going to fast right now. We give ourselves excuses. And like that, you know what happens? Our connection with Allah weakens. Our connection with Allah weakens. It's necessary that we have a strong connection with Allah no matter what phase of life we are going through, no matter what stage of life we are in, no matter what situation we are in, why do you think salah is so important? Why do you think Allah has made it mandatory on us? That whether we are traveling or at home, we still have to pray. The only exception is that when a woman is menstruating, basically, right? Otherwise, you have to pray, even if you're sick, even if you're in the hospital, even if you can't get up. Even if you have a fracture, you still have to pray. Why? Because if your connection with Allah weakens, then you're gone. وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Let's listen to the recitation. وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ وَأَنْتُمْ تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ اللَّهِ وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ So a believer has to live a very conscious life. He has to be on the alert. He has to be very careful. He has to analyze what he's doing, why he's doing, who he's following, why he's following. He has to be very, very careful. Because otherwise... He can lose his iman. What's the most precious, valuable thing on this earth? Your iman. It is more precious than the entire earth's filled in gold. Isn't that so? So that's why it is necessary that we preserve it. We look after it. And what's the way of preserving it? Three things that are mentioned in this ayah. What are they? First of all, listening to the Qur'an. Holding on to the Qur'an, knowing the Qur'an, studying the Qur'an, reading the Qur'an, reciting the Qur'an, not just in tajweed, not just to get an ijazah, but reciting the Qur'an for yourself. Listening to the recitation to remind yourself the presence of the Qur'an in one's life. Secondly, the sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ is not amongst us anymore. But what is present? His sunnah. So the more a person follows the sunnah, the more a person refers to the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, seeks guidance through that, then the more guided he will be. And thirdly, connection with Allah. And that is not possible except with, with ibadah. You know your book, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُوا وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ Right? Your book, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ You alone we ask for help. Do you have it with you? You have it with you, right? This book is not just a course book. Okay? It is the life support for your iman. Believe me. It's the life support for your iman. 
if you stop reading this book meaning if you stop saying your adhkar in the morning in the night if you do not seek forgiveness from allah if you don't seek his protection against the evil of the shayateen against the evil eye or whatever it may be if you don't seek protection with allah then your iman is at danger so don't just read this book in class this is something that will protect your faith وَمَنْ يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ How do you hold on to Allah? By supplicating to Him. By seeking His protection. And the best way of seeking His protection is through the words that the Prophet ﷺ taught us. Through the ways that Allah has taught us. You know, for example, the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, when a person recites them in the night, then what do we learn in the hadith? That they are sufficient for him. Meaning they will be a means of protection for him. If a person is in depression, feeling anxious, feeling sad, You will find adhkar in this book to help you go through that time. To help you go through that phase in life. Typically, when is a person's iman down? When he's sad, when he's depressed. And it's something that happens to people. You need something to lift you up. You need some hope. So for that, hold on to this book. Read this book. Keep it at your bedside. Keep it in your bag. Do whatever that you can. But make sure you do not leave these adhkar. Because if you leave them, then shaitan will become very strong and you'll become weak. You'll become weak and your enemy will be strong. And you don't want that ever. وَمَنْ يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ And notice, it has been said, whoever holds on to Allah, not an individual, not to a work, not an organization. No, what is essential? Allah, connection with Allah. Yes, Other people, righteous company, a particular work that you do, a class that you attend, a course that you have joined, these are all means. But they are not the goal. They are only means to help you have a strong connection with Allah. So never forget the goal. Then Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, اِتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Fear Allah. Have fear of Allah. Allah has commanded us to have taqwa of Allah many times in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has even told His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to have taqwa. Ya ayyuhal nabi, ittaqillah. O Prophet, have fear of Allah. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this command to the people before us too. In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 131, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ وَصَّيْنَا الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ أَنِ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ That Allah has enjoined on the people who were given the book before you and also you. What? That all of you have fear of Allah. Have taqwa of Allah. And what does it mean to have taqwa of Allah? That a person protects himself from the anger of Allah. From the punishment of Allah. And how is that? By doing what Allah has commanded and staying away from what He has forbidden. Do what He has told you to do. Stay away from what He has forbidden you. This is taqwa of Allah. So all believers have taqwa of Allah. Fear Allah. How much? How much should you fear Allah? Allah says, حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ As is the right of fearing Him. تُقَاتِهِ تُقَاه Fear. تُقَاتِهِ Fearing Him. Meaning, as He should be feared. Fear Allah, how? As He should be feared. Be conscious of Allah, how? 
as you should be conscious of him as you should be conscious of him and how much is that the maximum that you can to the best that you are able to because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran fattaqullaha mastata'tum fear allah to the best of your ability to the best of your capacity meaning exert your full effort do the very best that you can the maximum that you can to fear him meaning do the best that you can to do what he wants you to do and do the best that you can to stay away from what he has forbidden you fattaqullaha mastata'tum Many people, they misunderstand this and they say, you know, fear Allah as much as you are able. So, yeah, if you can't pray right now, it's okay. If you don't want to fast, it's okay. Because fear Allah as much as you can. You don't have that fear, so you can't fear. No. It means, even when you can't, force yourself. Exert your effort. So, اتقوا الله حق تقاته Fear Allah as He should be feared. And that means, that أَنْ يُذْكَرَ فَلَا يُنْسَى That Allah is remembered and He is not forgotten. Fear Allah as He should be feared, what does that mean? That you remember Him and don't forget Him. That you obey Him and don't disobey Him. That you are grateful to Him and are not ungrateful to Him. Fear Allah. Do what He has told you to do. Stay away from what He has forbidden. Do your best Strive in order to keep by his rules. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ And don't you dare die. لَا تَمُوتُنَّ Notice the noon with the shadda. Right? Noon mushadda, noon with the shadda. That definitely, meaning don't you dare, don't at all die. إِلَّا وَأَنْتُ مُسْلِمُونَ Except that you are Muslim. Unless you are in the state of Islam. Because if you die in a state that is not of submissiveness to Allah, then what will happen to a person? If a person dies in a state that is not in submission to Allah, then what will happen to him? Even if he has the earth's fill in gold, it cannot help him. Nothing can protect him. Nothing can save him. There is no going back. So don't die unless you are a Muslim. You are in the state of Islam. Meaning you are submissive to Allah, zahiran and batinan. You are submissive to Allah externally and internally. On the outward and the inward. Meaning your limbs and your heart. Your actions and your feelings, your thoughts. Everything in submission to Allah. Die only, only in this state. And this demands that you are a Muslim from this point onwards. Correct? If you want to die as a Muslim, then what does it mean? Be Muslim now. Submit now. Obey now. Obey now and do not delay. And remain firm until death comes to you. Because you don't know when you're going to die, do you? Do you know? No. You have no idea when you're going to die. You can never predict when you're going to die. You can never tell when you're going to die. You might think you're going to die when you're old. You might think you're going to die when you're young. You might think you're going to die because you're sick. But life and death is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. You don't know when you're dying. So you want to be prepared for your death. You want to be prepared for your death at all times. 
And if you want to die a good death, a death which you have when you are in submission to Allah, then what is essential? That you submit from this point onwards and stay submissive to Allah. Stay submissive to Allah. Be submissive at every moment of your life. Because you don't know that angel of death might appear before you when you may be lying in bed delaying Fajr Salah. Or that angel of death might appear before you when you're driving listening to that music. That angel of death might come right before you when you're just sitting there watching movie after movie refusing to pray your Isha. Delaying one Salah after the other. That angel of death might appear before you when you have said some nasty words to your mom or to your sister, and you've hurt their feelings. You don't know when that angel of death comes before you. He might come now, might come as soon as you get up, might come as soon as you leave the classroom, might come as soon as you sit in the car. You don't know. Haven't you heard of so many stories? People were found dead in their cars. People were found dead in their homes. People were shot dead in their school. You've heard all of these stories. We could be one of them too. We could be very easily be one of them. So be in submission to Allah at all times. You could die at school, you could die at home, you could die in the mall, you could die in the parking lot, you could die when you're chilling with your friends, you could die when you're sitting on your computer, you could die doing anything. So whatever that you're doing, for God's sake, do that which is in submission to Allah. Because you don't want that the last thing you're doing is something that Allah does not approve of. You don't want that. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Do not die unless you are in the state of submission to Allah. Because if you have the whole world and Allah is not happy with you, that whole world cannot help you. It cannot help you. So you have to be in submission to Allah from now. So do not do anything that you don't want to die doing. And do everything that you want to die doing. People wish that they could die in the state of sajda. You know, on this very carpet that you're sitting, right there, a lady passed away in her sajda. In this very room, this carpet... That spot, in her sujood, she passed away. I remember it was this carpet, that corner. She had a heart attack when she was in sajda. And before she came here, I met her outside the washrooms. She had come out, she had done her wudu. It was not time for zuhur. She had come to pray her nafil. You don't die like that, just like that. No, you will only die in that state when you're used to staying in the state of wudu, when you're used to praying salah, when you're used to reading the Qur'an. So if you don't want to die while doing something, then never do that. And if you want to die while doing something, then please do that. She's mentioning her father had a habit of reciting Surah Al-Baqarah every morning after Fajr. And one day, in his routine, he prayed Fajr, he recited Surah Al-Baqarah, and he took a nap. He never woke up after that. You don't die a good death just like that. It doesn't happen by chance. 
It doesn't happen as a coincidence. No, you have to live in a particular way to die a particular way. Otherwise, people can be reminding you at the time of your death, say the kalima, say la ilaha illallah. But the words will not come out. Only those words will come out which are always humming in your head, in your ears. And if you don't listen to Qur'an, how will Qur'an come out? If you don't say, Ya Allah, if you don't say, Subhanallah, if you don't say, Astaghfirullah, how will these words come out of your mouth when you are in extreme pain, when you are in agony and you cannot remember anything else? What is in the heart will come out of the mouth at that time. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Do not die unless you are in a state of Islam. Otherwise, you're in a lot of trouble. And to die in a state of Islam, to die in the state of submission, what is necessary? That a person has taqwa of Allah. Without the fear of Allah, can you live like a Muslim? Can you be submissive to Allah? No, you can't. If you don't have that fear of Allah, then you can listen to that music. Then you can say those nasty words. Then you can do something wrong and say something wrong and look at something wrong and be in the wrong company and be at the wrong place. But if you have the fear of Allah, then you will stay away from all these things. So what can save you? The fear of Allah. This is why Allah says, اِتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Restation. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ So of the things we learn in this ayah is the importance of a good end. A good end to the life that we live on this earth. Husnul Khatima. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of us Husnul Khatima. Because if a person does not have a good end, then that is worse for him. He could have lived his life doing good, but if at the end he's at the wrong place doing the wrong thing, then it's the worst thing that can ever happen to him. You know in a hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ, he told Barra bin Azib that before you go to sleep, do wudu. Just as you do wudu for salah. And then when you go to sleep, then lie down on your right side. And then say the dua that Allahumma aslamtu wajhi ilayk, wa aljatu dhahri ilayk, wa fawwattu amri ilayk, raghbatan wa rahbatan ilayk, la malja'a wa la manja minka illa ilayk. Allahumma amantu bi kitabika alladhi anzalt wa bi nabiyika alladhi arsalt. Which means that, oh Allah, I surrender to you everything of mine, my face, my side, meaning my body, all of my affairs, meaning I hand them over to you for safekeeping. You protect me, you preserve me, and I have hope of your reward and I fear your punishment. I believe in the books that you have sent and I believe in the messenger whom you have sent. And the Prophet ﷺ said to him that make these the last words that you say. The last words that you say, meaning don't say anything after these words. And if you die in your sleep, then you will die upon the fitrah. Meaning you will die on the natural religion, on true monotheism, on true tawheed. Tawheed al-khalis. 
which means inshallah everything else will be fine after your death by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so husnul khatimah is very very important and for that you have to be ready at all times we learn that if a person says sayyidul istighfar the chief of all prayers for seeking forgiveness you know that allahumma anta rabbi La ilaha illa anta khalaqtani wa ana abduk. If a person says this dua in the morning and dies by the evening, then inshallah Allah will forgive him. And if a person says that in the evening and dies by the morning, then inshallah Allah will forgive him. So then what is important? That you say one day and you forget the other. You say in the morning and you don't say in the evening, but what if you die on that evening? What if you die? So to have husnul khatima, you have to be ready all the time. If you're alive in the morning, don't think that you'll see the sunset. If you see the sunset, don't think you'll see the sunrise. If you're at home, don't think you'll get to work. And if you're at work, don't think you'll make it home. Recently, one of my close relatives, she passed away. She was on her way home. She spoke to her mom and she said, Mom, I'll be there in a few minutes. And as she was walking through the parking lot, a car came and hit her. And that was the end. A young woman. That was the end. You don't know if you're going to make it up those stairs. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ A good end is very, very important. In a hadith we learn that a person may be doing the deeds of the people of Jannah. So much so that only a short distance is between him and Jannah. Meaning he only has to die and he'll make it to Jannah. But then he does something. He does something right at the end of his life that makes him of the people of hellfire. All of his good deeds are wasted. Another hadith tells us, a person may apparently perform the deeds of the people of Jannah, but in reality, he is of the people of hellfire. And a person may apparently do the deeds of the people of hellfire, but in reality, be of the people of Jannah. Two stories. Once, a man was brought to the Prophet ﷺ and he was all drunk. And the people were talking so bad about him that look at this man, he cannot give up his drinking. And they were cursing him and saying bad things about him and the Prophet ﷺ said, don't say anything about him. You don't know his heart is filled with love for Allah and his messenger. You don't know. Another story. A man was fighting in battle. So bravely. When the people saw him, they said, oh look at him, he's of the people of Jannah. If he dies here, he's going straight to Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said, no, he's of the people of hellfire. So one of the companions, he was really shaken up by that statement of the Prophet ﷺ. So he followed that man around to see what is it that he's doing. What's wrong about him? We only see him as a good man. Someone who is fighting in battle so bravely. So he followed him around and then he saw that that man was lying wounded, injured in battle. And he couldn't take the pain. So he took a dagger and stabbed himself to death. He committed suicide. And the one who commits suicide, no matter how miserable of a life he's lived, then his case is not good. The one who commits suicide has committed a major sin. Even if he's done a lot of good deeds, Allah is his best judge, but such a person is doomed. So just because we are doing something good now doesn't mean we will continue to do it forever. Just because we are wearing the hijab now, reading the Qur'an now, doesn't mean you'll be like this forever. Unless and until you hold on to Allah. 
you seek His protection. That is a means of protecting your faith. That is a means of preserving your iman. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Do not die unless you are in a state of Islam. Yusuf salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him so much. He was at such a high position finally towards the end of his life after having gone through so much hardship. And when he had everything, what did he say? تَوَفَّنِي مُسْلِمًا وَأَلْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ Oh my Lord, let me die as a Muslim. Let me die as a Muslim and join me with the righteous. Because it's not a big deal if you're doing good now. Big deal is that you're doing it until the end. You're doing it until the end. Because many people, they go through a phase of extreme piety and then comes a decline. They go through a phase of heights in iman. And then comes a decline. And then whatever good they did became history. No. This is not right. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Cannot happen until you have consistency. What do we learn? What kind of deeds does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like? That may be small, but are consistent. Because if you're doing it consistently, then you will die doing that. Then you will die in that state. 